0: Hello? Hello? Podcast Network Asia.
1: Project Loving Myself Podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics.
2: The moment we know what is our outcome and we will take what is already proven to work for many people, we've proven, right? And then we just need to repeat the steps so that we will be able to get the same outcome. That's basically about reverse engineering the entire process. And it works beautifully where human behavior is concerned because every one of us are all wired, right? Differently, but in a very similar structure.
1: You're listening to Project Loving Myself Podcast, a well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery. Hosted by Life Designer and Well-Being Coach Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi! I'm Sanaya Gurnamal, and this is the Project Loving Myself podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. Hello, everyone. How would you like to learn some tips today on how to communicate better, focus on your tasks, find that motivation, and influence people in a more positive way? I know I would. Neurolinguistic Programming, or NLP, provides practical ways in which you can change the way that you think, view past events, and approach your life. Now, this has a lot of merit when applied for purposes of healing and behavior moderation, NLP is very much about how to take control of the, your mind and therefore your life. Unlike psychoanalysis, which focuses on the why, NLP is very practical and focuses on the how. So on our show today, we have internationally certified master coach trainer in neurolinguistic programming, Ulysses Wang from Singapore who not only runs a very successful training company that creates more than 300 training events per year, but also a global online education platform that works with digital course creators worldwide. And finally, he also has a boutique training firm that specializes in the personal development niche. So as you can see, Ulysses is really quite the expert in personal development and training. But beyond that, I have heard him speak, and he is just incredible at conveying his energy and excitement about NLP when offering really practical solutions for our daily lives. You are going to love him. So let's get started. Welcome, Ulysses. I love your name, by the way. That already communicates so much power. It's almost like you were meant to be in the spotlight. Welcome.
2: Thank you so much, Sanaya. And thank you so much for everyone tuning into this. And uh, I am extremely grateful to have the opportunity and also you know, the time over here to actually really go deep into neuro-linguistic programming with Sanaya and you know, everyone else listening to this right now. And uh, I'm just truly, truly grateful. Thank you so much, Sanaya, for allowing this to happen.
1: Thank you, Ulysses. Now tell me this name of yours. How did you get this name? It is just amazing.
2: It's actually from a, a, a novel, right? A novel. Uh, Ulysses is actually uh, also kind of like uh, known as uh, the Greek god, depending on which of the version of the novel that you read. Uh, if you read the novel, you'll be the novel. If you actually read, you know, some of the Greek history, you will be uh, coming from, you know, some of the ancient god uh, thingy. But uh, none of my uh, personal life and also the things that I do have got to have anything to do with any of this. It just basically comes from from the ancient. History and also some of the names that were being passed down uh, from the past. So this has created some form of confusion for me uh, many times during my schooling days. I Remember when people were just like looking at like uh, this this Asian guy, right? Like, uh, like 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 which part of this world that this person pops up from? But thankful, uh, I have a, a very uh, traditional and very normal uh, last name, uh, Wang. So you know, so things kind of balance up um, at the end of the day.
1: Amazing. Well, I love the name, and uh, I've always been attracted to Greek names in general. I like names like Zeus and so on. So um, it's, it's great to, to meet someone who comes from an Asian background but has this uh, unique influence in their name. All right. Let's get started on our topic today. What is NLP, and how can it help the average person? So let's kind of demystify the subject to start with.
2: Right. I think that that's really a good question to start off with. Uh, when most people first come into contact and comes to understand uh, neuro linguistics programming, I mean the first impression is that it is kind of like a rocket science topic, right? Just just look at these three words in combination: neuro linguistic programming. Like, right? what does it even mean? Now, throughout the years, I mean, depending on like uh, whether you read any textbooks, wh- white paper of. of any articles of any sort, uh, you probably will find yourself, like at least for me, for me, myself, when I first started learning NLP and for many of my peers, when we first started to actually uh, learn this by ourselves, you know, we were so confused with just like, what these three words even mean? Now, if I were to give uh, anyone over here today um, the really most fundamental and the real meaning of NLP, it is just like the owner's manual to how our mind functions. Just like an owner's manual. Now, if you think about it, like what does this mean? Like owner's manual is that kind of like a book that we can print it out and put it on Amazon that everybody can buy and you know just refer to page thirty-two if we want to do certain thing and page sixty-four if you want to do another thing. Well, it sounds almost like this. Now, if you think about it, uh, take, just take a step back for almost everything that you are purchasing in today's world, right? The last time that we purchased a refrigerator, yeah, it came with uh, a manual to teach you how to set the temperature, you know where to put it, some space at the back of the low ventilation uh, where we bought the television set. It comes with a manual. And it teaches us actually how to operate the television, it goes to this channel, and you know, go to that channel, so on and so forth. And the last time we bought our iPhone, it kind of comes with a manual, although it's not like the manual printed uh, in, in the box, but there's a manual that we can actually put it onto online and you know, teaches us how to operate the phone. But here's the interesting thing is that we are given a manual in almost everything that we do in our life today, everything that we purchase, right? Our car comes with a manual, refrigerator comes with a manual, even, even a manual sometimes comes with a manual itself on how to use the manual, right? Now, uh, But we weren't given a manual for the one single most important thing in our own life. And that is how we actually operate ourselves. right? Like, uh, what's the time that we wake up? uh, What's the thing that we do? What should we be thinking of? What should be our focus? What should be our dreams? What should be our ambition? What should be um, our fears? And and how do we deal with fears, more importantly? But we are not given a manual. So in a very summarized form, uh, NLP, to me, is kind of like a manual all right and you know what is the unique thing about this is that each manual is very personalized to each and every one of us right to help us optimize the way that we live our life uh, to the highest level that we possibly can
1: i like that word i like the word you used optimize your life so it's it's about taking it up to the next level you know taking it up a notch now ulysses I hate reading those manuals that come with all the electronics I purchase. I'm one of those people. And I don't know if there's more of you out there, but like if I buy something new, I do not like looking at the manual. It's just to me, it's very tedious, but you know, if it's a manual on how to operate my mind, I think that would be really, really useful. Now, how has NLP helped you operate your life better?
2: Well, the my very first encounter with uh NLP was really uh by chance. I think um I, I wish that I would have the opportunity to to start at NLP on a on a on a more uh positive note. But the reality was that uh, many years ago when I had um a sudden, all right, uh, decline in terms of uh, business revenue. So those of you who are in the oil and gas energy sector, you probably know that in 2014, 2015, there was something like really, really huge happening in the oil and gas and energy sector is that the entire oil price actually came crashing down over an 18 months period. All right, so from 2014 to almost around end of 2015, beginning of 2016, so oil price came down from around 130 $140 per barrel all the way to about $27 per barrel. Now, just to set some context, right, it was really a huge drop. So at the point of time, my business was dealing predominantly with a lot of oil and gas businesses and we are uh, earning pretty decent you know, revenue from uh, this sector. So as the oil price came down, the industry got affected and the industry got affected in turn, right, affects my business as well. And at that point of time, what was really, really uh, more stressful was that I was uh, welcoming a newborn baby into my family. And so that was, you know, together with the first time being a dad, you know, with a newborn coming out and with all the pre-commitments I really made, you know, with all the uh, new car, with all the new apartment, you know, all this kind of uh, big ticket items. And at a point of time with, you know, the um, oil price came down, my business came down. So that was a time where uh, I spent 18 months on and off trying to blame uh, everybody, right? I was trying to blame the government for not doing anything to help the oil price. I was trying to blame the oil companies, obviously, for making the oil price drop. I was actually blaming, you know, I read an article online saying that uh, some of the terrorist group was actually, you know, the mastermind behind, you know, all these oil price because they were trying to control the economy. I was blaming the terrorists. Can you imagine that? So for 18 months, my life was pretty much stuck. At the same spot, while the whole world was still moving ahead, and I was stuck there trying to, you know, blaming to blame everyone except for myself. So that was when the very first time when uh, I got into contact with neurolinguistics programming through a recommendation from a friend, and from there, you know, everything changes because I found the manual <laughs> right to really optimize uh, my personal life in terms of the goals that I have from that point of time to today.
1: Okay, so did it give you the tools, Ulysses? Like, was it the tools, the techniques, or was it a mindset shift? Just understanding NLP and how our mind works. Was it more of a mindset shift, or was it very like action oriented? How would you describe your experience with NLP when you came across it?
2: It was pretty much a combination of both, right? Both uh, happens at the same time with the new tools and techniques and strategies right there in place now something that I didn't know even exists in this world it's like uh, we don't know what we don't know uh, until we know it right and and that gave them has given me a huge right jump in terms of my mindset shift and in terms of how I should be looking at certain challenges in my life and obviously at the point of time about 2015-2016 uh, my entire life focus was just on how to get my business back up and running in the profit zone again. So that was my entire focus. But through that journey itself, I realized that these tools, techniques, and strategies are the very same exact tools, strategies, frameworks, and techniques that can be applied to almost every single thing that we do in our life. Uh, Not only in business, but in terms of personal growth and development, but also in career, in relationship, and also very more, very more, more importantly, our communication with ourselves and also with people around us, like people around us, like our spouse, our family members, our children, our neighbors, and even the barrister who makes the coffee at our you know favorite cafe. So the very same set of tools are, are pretty much universally applicable to uh, many areas of our life. So it was a combination of both when I first gathered all these tactical things, and it gave me the mindset shift to want to use these tactical things in many parts of my life throughout the years.
1: And, you know, that's what I wanted to stress because I studied uh, clinical hypnotherapy and in part of my study, we did cover NLP. Now, I always thought it was very interesting, though I didn't go too deep into it. And over the course of, you know, my career in, in well-being, coaching and healing, I've come across NLP many times. However, a lot of people seem to be using NLP for sales, you know, to be better salesmen, or people use it for training, for... It seems like a very professional application. Although I feel NLP can be used really for ourselves, for our own personal development, You know, for our behavior moderation, for our communication with others and expression. So how do you normally work with NLP? Are you using it in both ways? Because I know with your training center you are obviously training people who are looking for perhaps professional applications of it. But I also see it as having maybe a spiritual or a more self-development angle. So what are your thoughts on that, Eunice?
2: In fact, that is the question that has been asked more than ever than as compared to a question of what is NLP. The question of like, how can we use NLP is asked like, like, like a gazillion times more than, like, what is NLP? Now, that's really a nice question, uh, Sanaya. Let me give you uh, some broad-level perspective on when is the best use of NLP. Uh, obviously, everybody is going to use NLP. First of all, everyone is going to use it for many different reasons. And uh, if I'm going to take, like, uh, you know, 90 seconds or so to really bore everyone with uh, a really crazy story, and I remember the very first time when, uh, you know, I, I became... That all right that was like about seven years ago and my my little boy is seven years old this year and i remember the the first few days right after my uh, baby boy was born so you know typically so mummies will know this is right? a typical routine the mummy will be actually uh in the hospital with the baby and after a few days of uh, going through the routine and uh and making sure that everything is okay the doctor will discharge uh the mummy and the baby of course and during that point of time we had one major decision to make and uh, if mommies, again, uh, if you can record the very first time you had your first baby, right? So the first major decision was probably not like where to put the baby cord because we should have already had that planned months ago, not, uh, you know, uh, which diaper to buy because that should be planned like months ago. But really, the first major decision was like what milk should we feed the baby? Right, so obviously during the hospital, there's there's a nurses, there's all the professional care, so it's very easy to manage, right? And all the things that the mommy need to do was just to rest and you know feed, depending on whether we choose uh you know uh, breast milk or do we actually choose a uh, formula milk. So that was the first major decision. So uh my my spouse obviously, uh after reading through all the you know professional scientific articles and by researchers and doctors, right, and she made the decision to go with breast milk. I think that is a logical choice, and that is probably like what. Uh, most people will agree with that it's the best meat for baby right so my wife took the decision and all I can do as uh, a spouse right is to support her by the side because there's nothing absolutely nothing I can do in terms of you know the whole process literally nothing I can do as a husband and I remember the first few days after the first three to four days right my wife came to me and said she can't take it all right it was too tiring so all mommies can relate to this, right? Like after you have actually your baby in your tummy for nine months, after you have delivered the baby, you need like, you know, really, really lots of rest. And the first few days you need to actually go and, you know, do all the process of breastfeeding and, you know, and all the things, all, all, the, all the really, really tiring things. And it's not like you do it once a day, you do it like eight, nine times a day. right? And that's really uh, eating into the rest time. So after a few days, my wife gave up. She literally gave up and she she just said that uh, I, I can't take it anymore. And I said, okay, let's go and uh, go for a formula meal because that's the next, next and the only alternative, by the way. So I remember I went to the nearest grocery store, the supermarket and buy a, a formula meal. And, you know, probably daddies can relate to this, right? When we first buy a formula meal, the one that we choose is just based on the one that we remember from the t- television advertisement. So that's, that's the thing that I did, all right? I bought the one that is most familiar to me and I bought it back and guess what? We did the usual you know, milk, milk thing and warm it up. My baby boy didn't drink. And then I was freaking out. You know, The baby boy was like, freaking out because it no me for a few hours already. My wife was freaking out. I was freaking out. And they, I see them freaking out. And then I bought the milk bag and uh, he, he didn't drink it. So I rushed back to the supermarket and bought another brand of formula milk. And I came back and we did the same process, warm up the milk you know, and put it in a bottle and guess what happens again. My baby boy didn't drink. I think a lot of parents can relate to 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 this particular part. And there was, I remember, my wife uh, was was uh, was kind of like weeping already because like you know, she was like at a loss of what to do. And uh, I was really terrified because I didn't know what to do, obviously. And my wife called her best friend. My wife called her best friend and uh, told her the whole story. And uh, my wife's best friend told her, my wife, one thing that would went on to change my life and my business forever. All right, just one thing. And the thing that this best friend of hers said to, to my wife was, do you know what is the best meal for your baby? And my wife was like, I know it was breast milk, but I couldn't take it. And, and the friend said, no, 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 no. Do you know what's the best milk for your baby? Yeah, you know, Ulysses went to the supermarket and bought a really expensive brand. Okay, that's what I went for anyway. Right, because that's what the one that I saw on television most of the time, right? And then she said, no, 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 no. What is the best milk for your baby? Do you know? And then my wife start, started to actually start to think about this. And we were on speaker. I heard exactly the question. I was pondering myself as well. And uh, a and friend went on to answer her own question. She said, the best milk for your baby is the milk that he drinks. That's the milk he drinks. It's not through some scientific paper. It's not through some researchers from some laboratory who actually did some crazy chemical tests and say that breast milk is the best. It's not the, the advertisements shown by certain you know, formula um, brand companies. No, it's the best milk for the baby's milk that he drinks, and then I don't know. I got a, I got an epiphany at that point of time. I went back to the supermarket. I bought. Uh, this time was a little bit smarter. Instead of buying the the big big tin, right, I bought a s- couple of smaller tin because you know, all of us who bought milk formula milk before, we know that it's not cheap for formula milk, especially for newborn. So I bought a small teens, a couple of them, three of them. Remember, I bought it back random, random brands, and then uh, coincidentally at that point of time, we took one, we warmed up the milk, my baby drank the milk, and that's the the meal that he drank for throughout his you know growing up years. And that that one one incident and also one statement by my wife's best friend taught me one thing. Is that I'm constantly asking myself like what is the best meal for me in any situation? So what is the best use for NLP? Well NLP is just a set of process, tools, techniques, framework. We can teach the same thing to anyone. If we teach this to a parent, the parents' best use would, depending on the parent, uh, of course, I'm quoting in the parents' context. The parents' best use probably is to use to communicate better with the children. If I'm, we are going to use this with children, the children's best use is probably using it in their studies and also, you know, personal development and from a you know y- young age onwards. If you use this on a corporate context, now we all know. What is corporate all concerned with at the end of the day is all the, you know, uh, bottom line figures. So that's what's going to be used for. So, you know, long story to answer a really, a, a really sweet uh, question is the best use for NLP is really depending on what is the best use for yourself. Does um, that make sense?
1: It makes absolute sense. I loved your story Ulysses, because I think that is also an NLP technique that you used, if I'm not wrong, is to make that connection that you told us a story, got us really involved in that story. We were almost like on a cliffhanger. And I remember being like, what, 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 what's that statement your friend said that changed your life? You know, you had me hooked. And then you said the statement and my mind was just like, okay, let me process that. What's going on with that? How do I apply that to my life? So I, I love how you used an NLP technique. So tell me a little bit more about that.
2: Well, if if you're with, uh, referencing to the stories part, I uh, have to admit that it's part of something that we, we teach and we, we use this a lot in terms of day-to-day communication. I mean, in fact, one of the best way for anyone to really uh, receive a message. I mean, there's two ways that anyone is going to receive a message. You know, I'm going to be speaking anyway. People are going to be listening. But what we are really interested to know is that how did the message actually penetrate in us, right? Everybody's able to listen. All of us can understand the intellectual meaning of everything that we read see and and hear but really what goes really deep is really what we call the the unconscious influence something that actually gets people to feel the aha something that actually gets people to feel like ah so that's it and uh, something that i didn't know before so if we are going to create this all right there's certain frameworks and techniques that Obviously, not only in terms of our presentation, but day-to-day communication, or even you know, a, a very casual chat like this between both of us right now. And one of the best way is to really communicate through stories, all right? Now, storytelling has been something that has been widely taught you know, everywhere nowadays in corporates, in terms of presentation, and uh, even in, in, in terms of selling. But what we are really keen to know is that what is the effect of a story? So at the end of the day, uh, what we really aim to do in NLP is to really hope to put our message across to the other person, not only on a conscious level, but really more on a deeper unconscious level where the person is going to, first of all, remember, second of all, is going to make a uh, good meaning out of it. And third of all, is going to actually have some form of positive impact on the person in not only today, but in months on years or, or decades to come. So yeah, that was one of the framework on, on stories.
1: Okay, so this is something that's definitely important for anybody, as you mentioned, a mother in communicating with a child, perhaps a wife in communicating with a husband, a teacher communicating to students. I mean, this has applications really in every area of life. Whether you are a student in your classes or you are, like me, a well-being coach, uh, someone who is, you know, influencing others in a positive way through my classes, through my courses, it is something very, very important. Now, your NLP Mind Mastery Method program goes into this, right? You aim to teach people how to deeply influence other people's feelings, behaviors, and reactions, And your program is something that is seven days long where people can actually master the skill. So tell me a bit more about how this program and these different techniques and NLP can help us. Because I think, you know, now that everybody's on social media, everybody is an influencer of some kind. Whether you're influencing, you know, 300 people on your feed or you're influencing 40,000 people on your feed, you are – influencing people you are communicating so I think this is something very relevant for all of us so can you tell me a little bit more about this what goes on in this program what are the kind of things that we learn and how do we ultimately become more powerful in using our voice and getting our message across and in communicating with the world around us
2: right traditionally uh, before before way before uh, when we were all stuck at home almost for you know coming to an ear, ear right now already and uh, the only way for me to be able to help another person by putting this knowledge frameworks techniques strategies into you know their hands is to uh, for me to spend one whole week together with them in the classroom environment face to face and we really go real deep into you know all the various techniques of our neuro linguistics programming which is uh, what our certification course is about and along the way uh, I feel that the very same techniques and strategies can be put into a lot more people's hands all right not only through a traditional face-to-face learning environment which is why I kind of um, repackaged and restructured a lot of things that's been traditionally taught in neurolinguistics programming into a way that a person will be able to watch the video, listen to my explanation, go through some of my examples I've shown and then work through some of the practice and exercise. I've given to them uh, on a self-paced program basis, right? And that is how the NLP Mind Mastery Matter program was first created with this intention. And never did we ever imagine that in the first year alone, this is a very young program, by the way. I mean, considering the time that we actually released it Uh, first released it to now it's barely slightly more than a year i remember the first year we actually tabulated like how many students have we impacted with this program we have coming to slightly more than three thousand people from 30 different countries around the world who just enrolled into this program and that was the time when we thought that wow you know at the point of time before that we were helping people like Um, 10, 15, 20, 25 people at a time. And we don't do that every day. We do that like once every few months. So in a year, uh, year on year basis, Right, we probably do about you know 100 to 200 students, but with this NLP Mind Mastery Matter program, with the things that we have kind of uh recreated and reinvented uh, from the traditional way of teaching, now this has radically changed. I, I think uh, not only for our own life, our business life obviously, and but also for our students' personal development and communications uh, ability. So whenever someone actually signs up for the program, what they will do is that they will go through a very systematic sequence of uh, video lessons together with downloadables uh, mp3 and audio for them to listen to and obviously not everybody's time uh, you know the same you know for all of us in this world so some of us would probably like to do that you know once a week which is perfectly fine some of us will have a slightly more time and they want to actually deep dive if anyone is like me we just want to do nothing except that one thing you know like over a period of time that's when you probably you see yourself getting a huge quantum leap. If you just deep dive into the the topics that we have developed over like five, six, seven days period. And in that program, we literally break down into bits and pieces of how a person behaves. So it's really interesting when a person was here to learn more about human behaviors for personal development purposes. You know what? this person will get it. And if another person is going to be in the program for the uh, intention of using the tools and strategies to influence another person in terms of communication, guess what? He or she will get it because the fundamental concept and principles are the same. Is like once we are able to understand how a person behaves, and this very same knowledge can be used in many different areas of our life.
1: It sounds amazing. Ulysses, like it, it really sounds like it could make a huge difference in our lives. Now, you said in your um, in the material describing the class that NLP has a lot to do with reverse engineering human behavior, and that a lot of what we learn is connected to that. So, can you explain that concept a little bit further? Right.
2: So, um, let's let's just take an example of let's just say um, baking a cake. Right, baking a cake. I mean, obviously, uh, I don't bake a cake, so I'm gonna use the best of what I know of baking a cake in this example. Right, so those of you who are professional bakers and you make really delicious cakes out there, so just bear with me on this part. Right, just take for example baking a cake. Right, so if we don't know how to bake a cake, now this is a pretty challenging thing for a person to do it. Right, if we don't know how to bake a cake, but let's just say if I'm gonna tell you that. Uh, all you need to do with baking a cake is first of all you're going to put in some eggs you're going to put in a certain amount of flour you're going to put in a certain amount of water you're going to stir it for a certain amount a uh, certain duration in a certain way you're going to put into an oven for a certain duration at a certain temperature and then voila we have the cake right so if if that is the process to have a cake now, it becomes really simple for us to take one step back at a time to reverse engineer this whole process. So what we need to do, first of all, right now, if we're going to get a cake, we're going to bake a cake, not buy, bake a cake, right? We're going to go to the supermarket. We're going to buy eggs. We're going to buy flour. We're going to buy anything else that needs to be to, to bake a cake. We're going to go back home and do that process I've just described, step by step, all right, In a forward-moving fashion. But we cannot do it in that way if we do not know what is the step by step to have the outcome which is baking the cake which have a cake all right in the first place so a lot of things that we do is really about how to take what is like right, already being successful out there what is already being proven to work which is the outcome all right and then reverse engineer the steps to where we most of us are at right now, so that we can actually do the correct step-by-step and in a forward-moving fashion. Now, this concept is not only applicable for baking a cake, although these examples, we all can see very clearly, it can be used in studies, it can be used in sports, it can be used in any parts of our life, in career, relationship, business, so on and so forth. So the moment we know what is our outcome, and we will take what is already proven to work, for many people, we proven, Right? and then we just need to repeat the steps so that we will be able to get the same outcome. That's basically about reverse engineering the entire process, and it works beautifully where human behavior is constant because every one of us are all wired right? differently, but in a very similar structure.
1: That, that's really interesting to me, um, Ulysses, this idea that everyone is wired in a certain, I mean, we're all yeah. unique, but we are wired in a similar way. Now, in the work that I do, it's really based on intuition. And As much as, like I I teach classes too in a healing technique called Theta Healing. And as much as we want to do scripts or, you know, very step-by-step kind of approaches to how we help or heal people, it doesn't work. And we find that it's really something you have to use your intuition and you have to almost tailor make your process, your session directly with the client to get the results that's going to work for them. So how does NLP manage to make everything so structured, systematized to the degree where you can almost guarantee, not, I wouldn't say maybe guarantee is too strong a, a word, but perhaps you can predict how people are going to behave or react. So can you tell us a little bit more about how the mind works perhaps, or what is the, um, the understanding behind that?
2: Well, Uh, If you could imagine Right for anyone listening to this right now, you can imagine like a person, uh, just like you and me, any normal person on the streets. We are always being um, exposed to this thing what we call the external events, right? Which is like our experience with the world. So um, you and me talking right now, so this is an external event happening for each of us." And uh, people who are listening to this right now, that is an external event happening for them. And when we order food through a delivery app, uh, that is an external event. We go out to the street, we see a car. That's an external event. So all our experience with the world, uh, what we know as an external event that, that comes to us. So the way we actually capture and experience these external events is what uh, are what we call our senses. So we actually um, see things, we listen to things, we smell things, we feel things, all right? And, and uh, we taste things, so on and so forth. These are our major senses. So now, what do I mean by uh, we are all wired uh, differently, but in a very similar structure. Now, here's here's a really interesting part is that we all interact with the world with everything happening around us pretty much the same way. We, we see, we listen, and, and we smell. Now, when all this information comes to us, now that's where the different part is. All right? This information will be digested differently for each and every one of us. And then it actually creates a meaning. All right? So for example, right, if one day uh, a person will actually receive, uh, you know, out from nowhere, a lottery ticket, a lottery ticket, a winning ticket that says $2 million. All right. Some people will jump for joy. Some people will be happy. Some people will probably be in shock. Some people, I don't know who, but some people may be sad. All right. Okay. For, for whatever reason. Right. So, you know, here's a fact that you know, all of us will react pretty much differently even though it's the same exact external event, which explains the reason why you and your best friend can go into a movie theater, watch the same show, eat the same popcorn, drink the same cola, and coming out with two very different experiences. All right, it's the same movie. All right, so what actually goes internally in us that is how we are wired slightly differently from each another, or for some of us, very differently. Now, the differences came from everything that we have been in contact with since young, our school, our parents, uh, how we're being brought up, the, the books that we read, the friends we hang out with, the kind of computer games we play, the kind of computer games we don't play, the books that we read, the books that we don't read, and so on and so forth. So every single minute, you know, everything that's happening around us shapes this thing of what we call beliefs right, in us, which in turn right, kind of uh, affect the way that information that we perceive from the external world is being uh, consumed, right? which explains why like two person at the same time witnessing the same thing can have both very different interpretation. And that's basically the the difference. We are all wired the same way, in a very similar way that how we receive information, but we are also wired very differently because of all these things that's very unique internally within us. Now, here's the interesting thing about how we can actually make NLP uh, structured in a very fluid way. Uh, I remember a quote by um, Bruce Lee, right? The late Bruce Lee very famously said before, it's like, be like water, all right? Be like water. Uh, what he really means is uh, to really have the flexibility while we are still conformed in a structure. So you're using NLP, know that. Uh, when we are actually interacting with another person, that's how they perceive information from us. They see us, they listen to us, but at the same time, know that the information that we give it to them is being consumed, digested, interpreted very differently. Right. All right so, so that's that's right. that's the, the the core fundamental and acknowledging this one basic fundamental critical one, in fact. Uh, at least for me, he has radically changed the way I interact with my customers. He has radically changed the way I interact with people around me. In fact, he has radically changed the way I interact with myself. And uh, more importantly, something I think all couples, I think, is really is is really going to be very important for you to hear this: is that he has radically changed the quality of my relationship uh, with my the other half at home. Because before knowing this, I was questioning like. Why is she thinking the way she was thinking? You know, that's what everybody has in their mind, right? Why is the other person that that, that way, right? Um, but after knowing this very critical concept, now I come to realize and accept and even embrace right now the fact that they are like this. And that's how they are like this. And knowing that they are on the other side, looking at us, thinking, why are we like this at the same time? <laughs> All right, Right. That's how we maintain the structure at the same time, remain uh, having the fluid, fluid, you know, flexibility over there.
1: So what I'm getting is that the process is important. The process and the way we uh, take in information, the way we react to information, but how we actually react, like the outcome may be different for each one of us based on our own personalities, our own past, the way we um, have you know, the kind of beliefs, basically, we've carried over time. But the process of how we go about our day-to-day lives is something that can be understood better through NLP. Am I right in saying that?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Right.
1: Okay. So related to that, Ulysses, you said change happens when we change our beliefs and when we make a paradigm shift. Right. Okay. So I, I read that when I was doing a little bit of research on you. So. Tell me a bit more about this. And, and I'm, I'm very curious because I, I believe in this 100%. I think it's all about our beliefs. And I think that when we make paradigm shifts in our lives, having been through many of my own, that's when we, you know, we see just things move around in our life in a way that gives us better results or happiness or whatever we're after. Now, tell me from your point of view about change, beliefs, paradigm shifts.
2: Well, to really understand change, first of all, we have got to take a step back and and you know define um, and take a look at this word called understanding, right? A lot of us um, kind of put these two words understand and change side by side and think of it as a whole. But in reality, it's two totally separate things. First of all, now the best way to explain this is when you if you can imagine the last time when you actually told something to a friend, maybe your spouse, your friend, family members, the neighbors, anything, anything that is like really simple, right? They understood it, they they know what you're talking about, but they do nothing with the information, right? Right. So the best way to actually think about this is that the best advice you've given to someone but it foul on deaf ears, right? That kind of we all experienced that before. Is that the best advice that we have could have ever give to someone in need, and the person just listened to it and just took no action on it. So that is what I mean. Understanding something is not the same as um, having changed, but being able to change requires a change in belief in the first place. Now, then we got to actually talk a little bit about like what are beliefs in the first place. So like beliefs are what we believe in uh, individually as a person, and that is only true to us, and it may not be true to another person. Let me just give you an example. Like For all the listeners, um, if I'm going to make a statement, for example, all men should take care of their family. Well, some people will say, yeah. I believe that is true. I believe that statement. And I agree with it. Some people say, no, nah, we don't need to, you know, uh, you know, whichever it is. So who is right and who is wrong? Guess what? Everyone is right because everyone would have their own beliefs. So, you know, believe in relationship, believe in money, believe in how business should be run, believe in how uh, we as a parent should bring out our child, each and every one of us will have beliefs. So we probably have thousands and thousands of different beliefs on a very broad level Things that are really, really strategic on a very broad level are things that like beliefs that concerns our family, our values, the thing that we choose in our life. And even down to the day-to-day, very micro things that we don't even think about most of the time. Beliefs about, should we actually wake up like 30 minutes before the rest of the people wake up in this world? And belief about whether should we actually you know, wake up at 5.30 and go to the gym for 15 minutes? Belief about, should we drink eight glasses of water a day? You know, it's, it's small little beliefs. So it can range from like, like a whole wide variety of things. So what beliefs do in us is that it kind of support our daily action. Belief is just like, you know, remember when we were back in college, right? We go to sports events of our national team, the college team, and basketball, football, or, or any kind of sports, right? We have the cheerleading team, right? So the cheerleading team is always there to give support. They are the other one. In fact, you know, I don't know for, for, other guys, for me, I, I go to the sports event to look at more of the cheerleading team to look at the sports. But you see, when you have the cheerleading team, right? They are the one that is giving support, they are the, the one that is giving all the rah-rah thing, right. right? So beliefs is right. like the cheerleading in in us. Once we believe in something, right, the belief will be cheering for us, they will be like rah, rahing for us, they will be supporting us, they are giving us you know, their, their their full motivation, they, they'll push us for it. But only when we believe in something. Right? Understanding something. Doesn't make any change. But we need to create a new belief in ourselves. So again, what is belief belief are what we believe is true. And it's very, it could not, it could, it could be the same for another person. It could be not the same. It doesn't matter, but it's what at least was true for us. right? Some people will have very strong belief in terms of taking care of a family. Some of us will have beliefs in terms of like, for example, if a person truly believes that he or she needs to take care of the family, guess what? Right? He or she will work. All right around the clock just to put bread on the table. Does that make sense? All right. So beliefs.
1: And our beliefs, right? Ulysses, our beliefs direct our behavior. Understanding helps, but what will really direct our behavior is the beliefs. What
2: we believe in. You're absolutely right, Sanaya. Now, once we understand and we are able to see how this relationship works between beliefs and our behaviors or actions, right? Now, we can see why there are some people who are very successful in certain area of their life? Why people who who just like, they, they do all the things, they wake up early, they go to work, all right? they finish work later than most people or, or do all the unusual things, but they don't get what they are really going after or at least what they want all right, to have in their life. That makes a fundamental difference because how much you believe in something is going to directly determine... The amount of action you're going to put, and we all know results or outcome can only come from actions.
1: We all know that. Yeah. Wow. So essentially through NLP, you're able to help people shape their beliefs, change their beliefs. How does that work with NLP?
2: First of all, Let's take NLP out of the context and then we'll give a very clear side-by-side comparison so that everybody will be able to see like how you know, anyone will be able to use the same same fundamental concept. So if if without even knowing NLP, you know, how first we've got to know like how beliefs are being shaped. So we all have to acknowledge that we all have beliefs in certain things. The question is, how did we even have that specific belief in the first place? All right. So again, it has been shaped through you know day one since we even first understood anything, right? Parents, our teachers, the schools that we went to, the books that we read, the friends that we are with, the movies that we watch, so on and so forth. Now the first, first, all right, most direct impact, which is the biggest impact by the way, of how beliefs are being created in a person are always from what we call a significant emotional event. All right? A significant emotional event. In short, it's S-E-E, all right? If that makes uh easier to remember, S-E-E, significant emotional event. And what this means really, literally is uh, we, we went through certain things in our life, okay, experience that created a very deep, a very significant emotional impact in us, right? It can be positive, it can be negative, it can be neutral, it can be anything, all right? Now, I remember for for one time, I was, uh, I was stationed overseas for, for a couple of years. So from where I was, I'm uh, I'm I, I grew up in Singapore, so I mean, uh, thankfully we we have very uh, safe streets, <laughs> right? Most of the time, right? So uh, I had a habit, you know, for guys like we usually have uh, our wallet, and then you know with a car key with a mobile phone, and then for ladies it's easy when you all move around because you have a bag and you can put everything in there. But for guys we just got to carry everything on our hands, right? And I have the habit of doing that ever since like I, I was I was even in Singapore. So I remember when I was overseas once. Right, I was stationed overseas, so I carried the same habit there, basically of putting everything on my hands. Until one day, I was like in the city center of uh, the 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 city I was based in, and uh, I literally see like less than fifteen or twenty meters just in front of me, a uh, uh, a Caucasian lady, most likely a tourist, right, with her bag walking along the pavement, and the bag was as you can guess it was facing the streets and then from the back there's a motorbike that comes over to her and there's two person the the rider and the pillin right and the pillin rider actually grabs the bag, and all i heard at the point of time was a loud scream ah right from the lady and and i i stood there i i i froze i froze, i literally froze like for like 15 seconds like what just took place in front of me i've never seen like i like like a, a robbery, if I call that, it's a robbery uh, right in fr- a snatch and, snatch and run Right robbery in, right in front of me. And from that day onward, as all of you could guess it, I've never ever put my wallet, my mobile phone, and whatever things I'm carrying, car keys, for example, when I'm walking the street, not even in Singapore. And in fact, you know what? From then, I never even have any wallet. I just have a small little card case, uh, card holder that put a couple of my cards. That's about it that's about it so i put a couple of like my folded notes you know into my pocket my jeans my pants that's about it so a significant emotional event as you can imagine like how how much of that you know created in me that it totally changed the things i decided to do later on in my life never i think that was like 15 years ago no about 12 years ago never ever have i carried a wallet ever again in my life to today even though i I'm back in Singapore, and I think you say, but you see, it's just shape our belief. That's the first way, and second way that we actually have our belief shaped. Like for most of us, is that how we actually see other people are doing something, right? So when we watch, you know, uh, you know, movies, right? Movies are an incredible source of belief shaping mechanism. Just like look at look at how society have shaped because of the movies that they watch. All right, okay. Everything that we witness and we visually see it happening, whether it's real life or even it's a movie. All right, and it shapes the way that we actually, you know, behave in our mind. And the third way, besides seeing it, is another person telling us. All right. And why do people listen to podcasts? Right. because they want to learn something. And some people they listen to podcasts, they hear some stories and they hear some you know ups and downs of, of certain personality and, and, and sort of things, and they have their beliefs shape. So these are the three major ways of how beliefs are shaped fundamentally at the end of the day. So if a person wants all right, to, to be able to, for personal development, I think all of us would know what kind of positive beliefs that we, we, we have. We want to uh, continue to grow, we all want to be uh, more focused, we want to be more disciplined, then we got to consciously look for these three areas to expose to. Likewise, if we want to help another person to shape that belief, we want to consistently and consciously Help that person to be able to have any of these or all of these three elements that I've just described. So that's pretty much the.
1: Yeah. That's really, really interesting, um, Ulysses. I think that uh, I have a better understanding of NLP now, and I would imagine our listeners do as well. Now, before we get to the next question, we're going to be right back after this short break. <music>
2: Hi, this is Jason Law, best-selling author, speaker, and now the host of the Unique Life podcast, where I discuss the four different types of personalities so that you will know your strengths and weaknesses and that of others. Join me as we try to unbox life and the wonders of your own unique personality, only here in Podcast Network Asia. I'll catch you there.
1: So I want to shift more now into like practical tips that you can share with our listeners. Um, I heard you speak a little bit on motivation. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, especially now during the pandemic, motivation is, I think, something a lot of people are struggling with, especially when we don't know what the future brings. Here in the Philippines, we're going on lockdown again. So there's a lot of uncertainty about the future. And I feel like a lot of people are just not able to self-motivate at this point because too many things are out of our control now what are some tips that you can share with people about increasing motivation or related to that focus that i might help our listeners today
2: right i think in, in the personal development space this is always the the most sought after answer in in fact, uh, if we Google how to have motivation, we probably have I don't know a gazillion number of results that we can actually read through for the rest of our life. Now here 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 is the here is the really interesting thing about motivation. And I think uh, when 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 you said about motivation and and focus, now I, I want to I, I look at these two things uh very very differently and separately. Now I want to talk about focus first, right? Because I think that is really the key thing. Now the quality of our life. Uh, I'm not only talking about the the big picture quality, I'm talking about the minute-by-minute quality of our life at every time that we are experiencing throughout day-to-day, month-by-month, year-to-year basis. The quality of our life is really dependent on what we focus on, right? The quality of our life is really dependent on what we focus on. Now, just think about it. Now, it doesn't really matter how much, you know, digits we have in our bank account right now. Uh, you take the richest person and put them into a constant focus of fear, the person will be the most unhappy person on this planet. And if you put a person who are probably trying to make ends meet and struggle to put food on the table, well, I mean, that's reality. We've got to actually do with what we need to do at the end of the day. But if you put this person onto a constant focus of hope, all right, of opportunity, this person will be far more happier than the person I was describing earlier on just now. Now, the power of focus is very underrated because uh, many people don't really know what is it. We only think that it's just, okay, we got to think about that. No, it's a constant state of focus on something that makes us experience the life at a point of time. Now, the best way to actually use this in a very tactical way is to always ask ourselves, what is our outcome? What is our outcome? All right. Pandemic come and go. Economy, you know, going up and down all the time. Government regulation changes. Business competition, you know, happens all the time. Now, we can't control the external event. But what we can control is what are the things that we want to focus on. But what we focus on depends on our outcome. So, for example, if you're a businessman listening to this podcast right now, now, the big question is that during the past 12 months, do you want to focus on the pandemic and the lockdown that people are not going home? Oh, excuse me, are staying home, not going out, or do you want to focus on the fact that people are actually staying home, not going out, and yet you are able to reach them at home? For example, if you're if you're a parent right now, all right, and having your children right now locking down at home, same with you, right? Because everybody is locked down right now, right? And do you want to focus on the fact that uh, your children can? can go to school because of the lockdown, all right? They have to study at home. They have to go and go through all those kind of technology hurdles to do that. Or do you want to focus on the fact that right now, you have more quality time to really witness the day-by-day growth of your child, all right? I can quote examples and example. Now, here's the thing. It depends on your outcome, all right? Do you want to make the best use of whatever that is happening in front of us? Or we all heard that before. You know, when life throws us, lemons, we make lemonade out of it. It's easy to see. It's easy to understand, all right? See, understanding and believing it, two, two separate things. But if you truly believe that you can, you are a person with the ability to make the best use of everything, guess what? Your focus is different. Now, when we have that thing sorted out, motivation is a byproduct of it, all right? Because I remember one time I was like looking for motivation. I mean, same with many other people. Uh, like, what is the best source of motivation? How can I feel motivated? How can I feel motivated in the morning? How can I feel motivated before lunch? How can I feel motivated after lunch? How can I feel motivated before end of the day and after the day before I sleep? I was like asking this question literally, you know, what is the thing that people are asking about? How can I have motivation nonstop throughout for the rest of my life? And uh, very interestingly, a friend actually just asked me back randomly. He's not a coach. He's not trained in this. It's just a random very innocent genuine question he, he asked me he asked me ulysses do we really need motivation in our life wow that that got me that got me thinking a little bit do we really need motivation like we have done a lot of things in our life right as an individual every one of you listening to this we, we have achieved success in certain different areas of our life obviously for our, every one of us but did we really Needed that motivation to get the success in our life in the past? That's really a very deep question for me. And and from that time onward, motivation was just like has taken a backseat in my life. And I know that it all depends on the outcome. And if we want the outcome, motivation is just a byproduct that will get us to want to do that. If we don't want the outcome, no amount of motivation is going to make us want that. Now, we all have experienced that, Sanaya, you, me, and everyone listening. We all have signed up for the gym membership. We all have signed up for the personal trainer. We all have committed to that you know, six months, three times a week lesson, and we all know what most of it happens to most of us. Whether do we want it? Most of us want it, but not that much. Some of us, we really want it, all right? So that makes a fundamental difference. So know your outcome. Motivation will come along the way.
1: So basically, what you're saying is that it's not about motivation. And that's not the necessary ingredient. It's really about how much do you want it? Do you even really want it? Because sometimes maybe the question people should be asking themselves when they're not motivated to do something is, do you really want this? Do you even want to do it in the first place? Or is it just because you think you should do it or people expect you to do it, but there's no real personal desire to get there? So I guess what I'm taking from you is to choose the right outcome and make sure that's something you want. Is that correct, Ulysses?
2: Absolutely, and something that's very relevant. Just to add on to that, Sonai, in uh, when you asked about during this pandemic time and people are, are having challenges, are having you know, a lot of uh, all sorts of things running through in, in their mind right now. Now all the more we've got to keep the focus, but again, the way to keep focus is to know what is the outcome. It's just like, if I'm going to ask you to meet me somewhere, you ask me where? Exactly. That is like the outcome, right? The destination. So once we have a mental like destination in our mind, whether it's in business, it's in career, in terms of earnings, in terms of relationship, in terms of almost every single thing that we do in our life, things become a lot more manageable because we know the outcome. And once we know the outcome, you know, guess what? Your body, your legs, your muscles, your nerves, your cells, every single part of your body will just support you to go towards the destination unconsciously, even, even if you're not thinking about it. But we got to know the outcome.
1: So, does outcome mean the goal or the result? What What would you define as the outcome? Are we looking at well? What's my goal with this? What I am? What do I actually want? Is that what you mean?
2: I I would very much like to take the second uh, example that you have quoted. Like, what exactly do I want, right? Uh, in fact, I would take all like outcome, goals, results, destination. They all they all could mean the same thing, but I think to put it in the most raw manner that really makes the most sense to every one of us is what do I want, right? What do I want in a business? What do I want? Do I, Do I, everybody says money, right? I mean, that's obvious, but how do you want the money? Do you want to work it to... 8 o'clock in the morning to 6 p.m. As a, as a boss, as an entrepreneur, or do you want to play golf from 8 to 12, have lunch from 12 to 2, and you know go for afternoon tea break from 2 to 4, and then go to office for one hour, and that, that you call work, right? I mean, everybody have a different definition of you know something. So what do you want? And if you want that life, then you know exactly that is the path you want to do. It's not about money. Everybody wants more money, but you see money at the end of the day, again, it's a byproduct of all the things that we do. So exactly what do we want?
1: Wow, very powerful question to ask ourselves probably every step of the way. Now, Ulysses, first of all, thank you for that. I think that really breaking that down made a lot of sense. Um, Are there any other simple and practical NLP tips that you can share with our listeners? We are getting to the end of the show. So I want to take as much as I can get from you right now and share it with our listeners. I think you have a lot. To teach us so um I'm, I'm basically pulling on every straw you can give me so what are some other tips like tips that i could even put into my life
2: right you know there's this this is always the biggest challenge i face i mean even um when, when people attend our week-long right uh certification course you know I, I feel that we can we all of us me and my students included uh, we all feel that we can actually do more than that one week and just go on, and on forever but here's the reality is that um we don't need everything a reality. We don't need everything. Even in the context of teaching um, neuro linguistics programming in our classes, I, I always tell people that we don't need everything. Now, take what is the thing that's most important to you, right? Now, to answer back to the question about like, what's a, a few practical things that, if I can give it to everyone that's listening to this, is to really, as I mentioned earlier on, just now know your outcome. Because outcome is going to define the how. So we are always searching for the how, right? How to bake a cake. Right? How to drive a car? How to swim? But before that, right? I think take a step back and ask: Do we want to bake a cake? Right? Do we want to drive a car? Right? Does that make sense? I mean, if you want to bake the cake, that is your outcome. Then by all means, go and find out like how to bake the cake. But if your outcome is just to have the cake, then I think there's many how to get there. Right? We can buy the cake. All right. We can, I don't know, many other ways, right? get, get your family to bake you a cake instead of you baking yourself a cake. There's many how, but we got to define like what is the outcome first? I mean, do I want to drive a car? Depends on whether, do I want to get to a place? I can call healing app service, all right, from from Grab, from Uber, all right, and uh, do I need a car to kind of take public transport? So on and so forth. Do I want, or not? what is the thing that, that we want? So being able to define that, is going to radically change everything for us because the reality is that we are always searching for the how and we have a thousand how, but guess what? We only need one of the how because that is the one how that will reach that one outcome that that we want. So once we know the the outcome, we can choose and find the, the how and our life becomes so much simpler, so much, so much simpler.
1: You know, um, Ulysses, that reminds me of something I learned in uh, business school. So I did my master's in entrepreneurship. And I think one of the most important lessons that I learned from my professors was, you know, at the end of the day, there are so many ways, like you said, to get to your destination. Do you want to take the difficult way or the easiest, shortest cut to get to your destination? That's your choice. And I think a lot of times we try to do way too much or we're confused about why we're doing something or if we want it. And so we take all these extra long, longer winding ways of getting to our destination. When the simplest way is right in front of us, we just didn't ask the right question.
2: Absolutely.
1: Wow. Amazing. I love that tip. So anything else, Ulysses, you want to give me any other quick tips? that I can, I can take from you. I love, okay. So I love the one about asking, is this really what I want? I like, um, you know, I'm definitely going to put, put something, um, out there after this episode and our highlights about how, you know, you need to identify what's the outcome. So those are very, I think, important things, something else. So I can give our listeners three Sure. Amazing amazing if, if there's
2: going to be uh, one more but again i really want to give a uh, hundred if possible but if there's going to be one thing that i can really just squeeze in into this episode for the benefit of everybody listening to this and hopefully when you listen to this uh you're you're able to actually share with your friends your peers your family your spouse so that everybody will be just be a better version of themselves right um if there's going to be just one one more thing is is really asking ourselves right the kind of questions, right the kind of quality questions. Because the kind of answers, see, we are always un- searching for answers, so our mind, uh, the human being's mind is programmed to search for answers, all right, because every time we hear a question, we are automatically looking for answers, and in fact, we are looking for answers in everything that we do in our life, how to actually make more money, how to actually work less, earn more money, you know, the, the usual things, right, how to get my, my boss to pay me more, how to get my boss, you know, to get me able to work less, so and so forth, right, all this kind of thing, we're always looking for answers. Now, you know, you know, what is the the, the, the most uh, amazing thing I've um, discovered in this journey over the past few years is that the answers are actually in the questions that we ask ourselves, right? The answers are actually already in the questions that we ask ourselves. And when we ask ourselves a question, we will actually figure out the answers. And you, even though we don't figure it out uh, naturally, we don't know the answer right now on hand, we know how to figure it out because we all have a good friend. Uh, his name is Google, by the way. And Google probably has <laughs> all the answers. <laughs> in the world as you probably can imagine right so but we know we have the best resource in our on our fingertips right now so it's, it's really not about like like the answers but it's really about like the kind of questions that lead us to find the, the kind of answers that we want so when we ask ourselves like really crappy questions like why can't i lose weight all right you know our mind we go and tell ourselves because uh, i'm lazy because i cannot give out on my carbohydrates because i cannot give out my pasta because i love my fried chicken so much right you know, you know what I'm saying? So all these sort of things. And then we will just, yeah, no wonder I can't lose weight. And we accept that as a fact. But when when we change the kind of quality of the question that we ask ourselves, right, uh, for example, to something like, why haven't I lost weight? Or what haven't I done to lose weight? Right? What haven't I done to lose weight? Ah, I haven't. Give up my fried chicken, I haven't bought the new running shoes, I haven't signed up from a gym membership, I haven't given up my rice, I will give up my pasta, so on and so forth. Now take note that the answers are actually the same, pretty much the same, all right? But one of it comes as a reason or excuse. The other one comes from the angle of solutions. All right. Right. It's different, right? So what haven't I done to lose weight? I haven't done this, I haven't done this, I haven't done this. Okay, good. You know what our mind will tell ourselves? Okay, let's go and do this, let's try. There's a solution. So well if, if this is going to be like the, the one thing that I, I can put it to everybody's hand is to communicate with ourselves on, on a on a more on um, more quality way. Just treat ourselves as our highest paying customer and ask ourselves really, really good questions that will help us to find out good answers for ourselves.
1: Wow. I think that's really the project loving myself mantra for this episode is to communicate with yourself in a deeper way, in a way with better quality communication. Um, I think that is something that is very, very helpful to everyone listening in. And of course, to me too, I, um, I learned about what you said, which is, um, Change the question, right? Change the question and ask, what haven't you done? Um, when you gave this presentation at You Wellbeing Festival, I remember that was the thing that really, really made a difference for me, uh, Ulysses. And I started to ask myself those questions. You know, what haven't I done to achieve this goal? And it took me from a more disempowering conversation to a more empowered, you know, action-oriented, solution-oriented sort of perspective to, to things in my life. And, you know, sometimes I got answers like, well, I don't really want that. You know, that's why I haven't done enough. And that goes back to the other tip you you gave us, which is, you know, how much do you really want it? Do you really want this? You know, so I love these these tips that you have shared with us, because I think it allows our listeners to have a better relationship with themselves. And that's what the podcast is about. It's about the relationship you have with yourself, because that is the only relationship that we have from start to finish in our life. It's been a great conversation, as I expected, of course. You know, I opened um, this episode saying you guys are going to love him. I think the way that you explain things, Ulysses, and the examples, the stories, I mean, they make it really easy for any of us to really understand something that may seem like it's rocket science, but it really isn't. So I thank you for your time. I thank you for your energy. I mean, just talking to you, I'm sure others can feel it out there. You have this incredible energy and passion um, that comes out in uh, in what you say. So thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you so much, Sanaya. Thank you so much, everyone who is on this episode. And please, um, if there's any anything you're going to gain the most out from this episode, it's definitely not by listening and you know putting it in one of your knowledge bank uh in the mind but really really try to apply just one one of the thing that um you, you managed to pick it up on on this episode and to really end it off and i think it would be a really nice thing for all your audience because i know Sanaya you are serving your your audience in a specific niche and and your main message is to really uh, empower them to have more meaningful communication with themselves and to really take their own life to a whole new level. Now, uh, if this is going to make sense for you, I hope I can put it into everybody's hands right now, is that everyone is always trying to change things around us all the time. All of us are always trying to change things around all the time. We are always trying to change the environment, the business climate, the pandemic, and uh, we are trying to change, uh, even, we are trying to change our spouse, not change our spouse, but change our spouse to be a better spouse. That's what I mean. All right. We're always trying to change mm-hmm. things around us now. Um, this one last thing I want to give it, leave it to if all our listeners is that instead of trying to change things all around us all the time, why not be the change in ourselves that we would like to see in the world? All right, because once we are able to change everything in ourselves, specifically in what is in our mind and how we interact with this world, I think the world will change it to be the way we want it to be changed to. So with that being said, thank you so much once again, everyone. It has been great honor and great privilege to be able to serve on this episode and on this podcast. Thank you so much, Sanaya.
1: Uh, Ulysses, may I ask you to tell us about your upcoming classes? I know that I'm very interested. Um, I would imagine some of our listeners might be too. So tell us about, you know, any um, programs or classes that you have coming up and how people can reach you how people can connect with you on social media or any other platform that you'd like to share?
2: Well, do I think the best way for anyone to, if you're potentially interested to learn um, how human behaves from a non technical perspective, from a non uh, theoretical perspective, I hope that um, you probably can get get, get a, uh, a gist of like how I uh, put off the topics in a, in a very layman's uh, perspective, which is actually what it is uh, really meant to be. So if you are, uh, interested to take this to a whole new level the best way for you to do this is to start off with our online training program uh, which is what we call the NLP mind mastery method program so if you actually um, you know go on to the any of the internet browser and key in NLP mind dot com You'll be able to see the program up there. And then I think that is the best way for you to have appreciation. Anyone will be able to benefit from this program. And it's lifetime access. I don't put any limits to it. You know, purchase it, sign up for it, watch it together with your spouse, watch it together with your children, you know, and really gain the benefits together in, in terms of like how human behaves. Because the moment we know how human behaves, we know how to interact with another person, all right you know very intuitively right no no guessing of of any sort there's no um uh, voodoo things it's all basically pure on how our mind works and then and and we react accordingly so and um that's the, that's the thing nlp mind Mastery
1: Amazing. And how do people follow you?
2: Well, if you are on
1: Instagram,
2: if you're on Facebook, if you're on LinkedIn, if you're on Instagram and if you're on YouTube, all right. And if any of these uh, major social media platforms, all right, even you can, Ulysses Wang, that's where you will find me.
1: Amazing. Thank you again. And I look forward actually to learning a lot more from you.
2: Thank you so much, Sunaya, once again. Thank you so much, everyone for listening to this and have a good year ahead. Thank you.
1: Are you as blown away by Ulysses as I was? He really knows how to capture our attention and make it so that everything he says is so easy to understand. I think it's a skill and it's an art. And I definitely think that NLP helps us to communicate better with the world. Now, let me know how it goes with the tips that he shared on this episode. I'm definitely going to try them out and I would love to hear how they work for you. Share on Facebook and Insta Stories, and don't forget to tag at Project Loving Myself Podcast and at Sanaya Gurnemo. Our quote this week on Project Loving Myself is, Your perspective will either become your prison or your passport. And that's by Stephen Furtick. So remember on this journey of life, ask yourself the right questions to direct yourself on your way forward. Keep telling yourself, reminding yourself you are so loved. And I thank you for tuning into the Project Loving Myself podcast this week. Brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and powered by Podmetrics.